Hello and welcome to night number 13 of 31 Nights of Frights, year two, the sequel. Should I do something cheesy and do Friday the 13th? Nah, it's not Friday. So why do a Friday the 13th just because it's number 13? No. Instead, since I'm doing a lot of anthology films this year, I decided to do a little-known anthology film, and that would be the long-forgotten 1997 Campfire Tales. Campfire Tales is actually a very interesting anthology film because it more or less has two wraparound stories, and it's strange in its setup as far as that goes. The main wraparound, however, involves kids getting back from a concert and, well, they were drinking and driving, got in an accident, and are waiting for help to arrive. The other wraparound story actually takes place in the 1950s. It's strange because it feels tacked on here. It's 1950s and it involves a killer or person that broke out of a mental institution that is killing people on makeout point or whatever they called it here lookout point whatever either way it looks out on the city and there's a killer on the loose and it's an often told story that i think they did a good job of at least bringing it to life here and that's actually the basis of all the stories that's presented we have stories of a newlywed couple that decide to stop in the woods of West Virginia and there just so happens to be cannibals in the area. This is actually a often told, I guess, story in other films such as the Wrong Turn series as far as the inbred hillbillies of West Virginia. I've never encountered any there when I've gone to West Virginia, but then again, I've only driven through. We also get a story that involves the urban legend of sort of like the urban legend that went around years ago, such as the people and the, I guess, illegal body part trade, such as the kidneys and stuff like that, where a person wakes up in a tub of ice and, and water, and it's written on the mirror that you need to get to the hospital because they took you know one of your organs out. This one here for Campfire Tales gets a very uncomfortable and creepy feeling story about a girl who's left alone and a pedophile who is after her. It's actually probably one of the creepiest stories in the bunch and probably the most memorable just because it is actually a very disturbing feeling. The third and final story that we have here involves a guy that's trying to get away from everything so he takes a trip on his motorcycle starts raining and he stops at a house to see if he can stay for the night it just so happens that the house is haunted and i think that as far as the stories i think this is the most well balanced out of all of them and not only that i do like the fact that in this story it reminded me of a story that I read in a children's book from Alvin Schwartz, who also wrote Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. But he had another book that was for about five or six-year-olds, and I always remembered that. And it was the book called In a Dark, Dark Room. 
And in that story, it involved a guy that fell for a girl and she could never take the ribbon off around her neck. And when he does take the ribbon off around her neck, well, I'm not going to spoil it because it would spoil the movie and that story. However, I think you know where I'm going with that one. Either way, I really think that my favorite story of the bunch is the third one. So I'm going to be upfront as far as this movie goes. I actually really enjoyed this movie when I was a kid. I caught it on, I don't know, HBO or Cinemax back in the day. I do know that this was originally supposed to be released by Warner Brothers or somebody, and it was released in one theater in the United States. So obviously the movie would have had a much better success if it was made today because of the fact with streaming and everything else, and I think it would have been better received had it been released today. But everything about the movie is very standard and stock. There's no flashy direction or anything like that. It's a lot of stuff you've seen or even heard stories of in your past. And that's one of the good things about it is that I really like that it plays up on the urban legend idea. And I think it's probably a stronger movie than even the urban legends films themselves. I've never seen those completely from start to finish. But I do know that they're pretty lame from what I saw, and I like this and this approach much, much better. One of the more interesting things about this movie is the fact that it doesn't have a very big cast as far as popular actors. However, the actors that they have here, I think it's pretty awesome that they were able to get them. You have actors such as James Marston, Ron Livingston, Amy Smart, Christine Taylor, and Glenn Quinn. For those of you who do not know who Glenn Quinn is, he actually played Mark on sitcom Roseanne, so it was kind of cool to see him here in this movie and not play a complete idiot. I don't want to get too far into talking about stories, though, and individual stories, because they do have, I guess, sort of twists and everything throughout. I will say that the twists presented are very predictable. However, I really don't want to ruin it for anybody. This overall is a fun little horror film that really does deserve to be seen. If you do happen to see it, know that it's not a great movie by any means. However, it's a movie that you'll watch for about an hour and a half and you'll think, hey, that wasn't too bad. And really, it's actually good. It's been a little bit of an obscure one to track down. I do know that the DVD that came out in 95 was discontinued. However, Warner Brothers Archive now put it back out on DVD, and I believe they put it out on streaming as well. So those are other ways to check it out. But it did go for a little while where this movie was hard to actually come by. And I almost forgot to mention, this movie was done by some film school student friends. And so each individual story is directed by a different person. And it's also written by a different person. And it's actually surprising that it's not disjointed or anything like that. But it is pretty coherent and each story does gel well and feels like it kind of goes with each other. So I think they really did do a good job with the limited resources that they had. But with that, I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. 
As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes and my webpage, adamanalyzes.com. We also have the contest going on on both Inner Honest Opinions Instagram and the Adam Analyzes Instagram. All you have to do is just find that creep show picture and just tag two people in it. That's it. And randomly we will select a winner from that. Easy, right? I know. But with that being said, I think I'm going to go. So good night.